housed within the Environmental Conservation Lab on Treaty 1 territory, you're listening to the Acuon Podcast. This is episode 6, titled Ishkode, where we take a deeper look into the significance of fire ceremonies, fire stories, teachings, and more. My name is Taylor. My spirit name is Brown Buffalo. I am from the Fish Clan, and my home community is Broken Head Ojibwe Nation. I always like to start off with an introduction so you can get to know who I am and a bit of my background. Um, I am a student at the University of Manitoba, as well as I work for a land-based education program. And we started this podcast in March, and now we're at episode six, which is super exciting because we've broken the podcast up into kind of like seasons, I suppose you could say. So we did part one of season one from March to July, and now school's back in session, and of course, everyone's super busy. The wonderfulness that is summer is nearing an end, so it's back to work, back to school, and so we're going to be doing part two of season one, episode six to 10, and then we'll start uh, season two earlier next year. So this episode is called Ishkure, which translates to fire in Anishinaabe Moin. And I'm very excited about this episode because our main topic is fire, but because I also had the huge honor of interviewing some very intelligent and knowledgeable fire keepers, which I will introduce to you, and they will be sharing um, their stories and some teachings with us. So first off, I'd like to discuss fire and its role in Indigenous culture. From my perspective, of course, that is. Um, there's many different teachings from all different nations, all different cultures as well. So there are many different teachings and stories that go with Ishkode in our lives. And I am by no means an expert or a fire person, but I've been to ceremonies, I've been to gatherings, and I've heard many stories and teachings. And I've always been drawn to the fire, to its strength, to its power, its beauty. And of course, come on, the fact that it cooks our food. So how could one not be familiar with fire since we use it almost every single day of our lives? Fire symbolizes many things, as I kind of just went over just now about the strength and power and things like that. But it also symbolizes passion, rebirth, resurrection, eternity, destruction, hope even. To me, fire represents spirit. It represents love, prayer, and transformation. Ishkure is a part of a lot of our, all of our ceremonies, and it is one of the great gifts given to us by Kichi Manitou. We use fire to aid in our cleanses, smudging, of course, uh, bathing ourselves in the smoke given off from, of course, our sacred medicines such as cedar, sweetgrass, tobacco, sage, uh, 
bear root, beaver root, and so many more. We use these medicines to to help us, whether that be physical ailments, mental mental disorders, or I shouldn't say disorder, that's a bad choice of words, but some mental health issues. I know I personally go through a lot of mental health issues and I use traditional medicines to help me with that with that struggle that I go through because I'm not um, I'm not a user so much of like Western medicines such as you know those lorazepams and all those things that they give you when you kind of struggle for mental health so what I did was I turned to traditional medicines which I smudge with which I use fire for to smudge with every day and what powerful medicines they are absolutely so like I said we use we use fire to cleanse we use it to guide our loved ones who have passed on into the spirit world through sacred fires of course um we i recently this past february um lost a woman very very near and dear to my heart which of course was my cookum my nan and we ended up having a sacred fire for her for almost 6 days now if you've ever had a sacred fire or had to scabe that fire or watch over that fire you know the amount of hard work it takes to keep that sacred fire going especially for when it is to help a loved one find their new journey into the spirit world so for six days we had a sacred fire going for my nan and it was it's also a way of healing right like I found that my my father because that was his mom who who passed I found that that was his way of healing. His way of saying goodbye was through that fire. You know, you offer spirit plates, you offer medicines to this fire, you speak to that fire, to that loved one that has passed on. So the significance behind it is just mind-blowing and heartwarming at the same time. But it's not just First Nations, Indigenous people here in Canada that have these types of ceremonies or these types of teachings that go behind fire. Not just people in North America even that cherish Ishkode and give it thanks. Cultures around the globe have their own rites and rituals around fire. I recently came across this website called Bruminate. I'll have the link and everything to the website on, on the website. The link to that website on the UMFM website and as well as on the uh, podcast um, description, episode description. So if you want to take a look into this website, you're more than welcome to. So I found this website. It's called Bruminate. And it spoke about uh, different fire ceremonies around the world that I wanted to share with you so you can get a better understanding that fire is a global sacred symbol, I suppose you could say. We've all used it and that's what's helped humans evolve so so there's a ceremony oh my goodness and i hope i pronounce it right but for those who know the proper pronunciation please feel free to let me know um but there is the yajna ceremony which is a hindu fire ceremony and it's an ancient practice developed to help us heal from trauma and disconnection of the spiritual realm the divine masculine and the divine feminine are said to come into balance through this specific ceremony. The ritual is designed to help clear any obstacles 
so that we may maintain more perfect harmony with ourselves in the spiritual realm. So that's a very, um, that's a very cool ceremony that they do. The second one, we're going to talk about five of them, just to give you a better understanding of how, how important fire is to every culture around the world. So number two is the Aboriginal smoking ceremonies, which are also an ancient custom among Indigenous Australians to ward off bad spirits. The ceremony involves collecting various native plants that are used to produce a wet, steamy smoke, the most widely used um, of which is the emu bush. The leaves are set on fire and the smoke purifies the space where the ceremony takes place. The healing smoke rises in the column towards the sky to keep unwanted spirits at bay, acknowledge ancestors and pay respect to um, res pay respect to the connection of the land and the sea. So again, I'm getting all this information from a website called Bruminate. They're really great. They're the ones who um, who listed these specific ceremonies. And again, I'll I'll, I'll post the website um, on the links to the podcast. So next up is the Buddhist fire ceremony which is usually performed outside under the open sky or on a rooftop. There are four types of ritual fire offerings. There's a peaceful ritual fire offering. There is uh, the peaceful and increasing ritual fire offerings can be performed on both one's own and another's benefit. Subduing ritual fire offering may be performed to subdue forces that are harmed that are harming other uh, sentient beings and a forceful ritual fire offering, which is performed against harmful forces or people. Number four is the offering of smoke in prayer in is central to ceremonies and traditions around the world. In a pipe ceremony, of course, this is speaking about um, North American indigenous people, we as First Nations people. In a pipe ceremony, uh, you have a powerful combining of elements where fire, with fire to symbolize the balance of life. I've seen many pipe ceremonies. They're beautiful. The pipe ceremony is a sacred ritual for connecting the worlds. It is a link between the physical and the spiritual world. The stem of the pipe represents the masculine, the bowl, the feminine. The tobacco is an earth offering and the breath is air. So fire, fire completes the ceremony with a purifying force as it is drawn over the tobacco or herbs that are in the bowl and the stem. And then finally, another one that I kind of just wanted to, to bring some light to because this is very true. When I read this on the Bruminate website, I was like, I've never even thought of that, actually. And of course, that is a lighting a candle. Simply lighting a candle is a fire ceremony. It is a symbolic way to bring the light of the divine into your consciousness. And of course, candles are used by Christians, celebrated with the Jewish tradition of Hanukkah, brought to shrines, burial sites, and even Halloween jack-o'-lanterns use candles. So those, that's just a little bit of uh, extra information to share because as, as the Akiwan podcast grows and progresses, we're not the only Indigenous people. Of course, I like a lot of the episodes focus on First Nations and Indigenous people uh, here in Canada because that's my nationality. That's what I know the most of. But I also love to incorporate 
all the like or some teachings of other indigenous cultures around the world because we're stronger together we know the land of our specific areas and so i like to bring light to some of their teachings as well throughout throughout the podcast's life <laughs> so ishkade has been one of the greatest discoveries of course in all of human existence and not only did we aid did it aid in our evolution and human and animal survival but it has stories. Ishkode holds teachings and stories about our ancestors and our past. I had the pleasure of speaking with two knowledge keepers about what fire means to them, their stories, and how they have been a part of fire ceremonies. I first spoke with Elder Ernie Daniels from Long Plain First Nation here in Manitoba about his thoughts and feelings towards fire. He shared teachings, which I am very grateful for, and here is some of our conversation. Bonjour, Anine. Nijan Shnave. Anigani, no shabbish kidney, because my condo with them. My name is Ernie Daniels, a knowledge keeper of Long Plain First Nation of Tree One. I'm also a knowledge keeper to the Tree One Developer Corp- Development Corporation, as well as a, as a former chief of Long Plain. As a former regional chief for Assembly First Nations, where I was responsible for Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Now I'm <clears throat> I'm back to the full circle where I'm a knowledge keeper for regional chief Kevin Hart for uh, Assembly First Nations here in Manitoba. First of all, I'd like to broaden the uh, the question. I'd like to go back when the original Anishinaabe was uh, placed on on Mother Earth. His name was uh, Nanabush. He was the uh, the first Anishinaabe to provide guidance to all Anishinaabe people, indigenous people, as to how we're going to relate one another, how we're going to govern ourselves, and also he gave us a responsibility to look after our God's creations including trees, water, fire, and animals, and that we live in, in peace. With that dimension, there's another dimension that he provided us, which, was, which we can't seem to understand what we hear about, and that's the Maymeg, where you see little people in Misabe, the big Sasquatch, they call them, that's another dimension that uh, we can we have access for spiritual help. But our Creator put it in such a way we can't really touch him, or or even uh, the non-indigenous people are always got cameras, came uh, trail trail cam to capture this uh, spiritual being. Misabe. Anyway, so uh, but I go back to uh, to the teachings on Nanibush. He's the one that gave us the laws, the codes as to how we exist, and uh, specifically, we talk about water. We talk about fire. We talk about minerals. 
you know, those are dimensions that uh, sustain us. Sustain us. The, the sun provides the heat. The sun provides the fire. My ultimate spiritual being on this galaxy is the sun for me. I believe in our Creator, but the sun gives us life. And it's where the water, or it's where the fire comes from. Fire is used in our ceremonies, our lodges, our prayers. Because, as I said before, the sun, heat, and fire keeps us warm, keeps us alive. Whenever a person passes away, they don't go from A to B, from earth to heaven, for example. There is a lot of things that that spirit has to go through in order to get to B. So you help that person to get from A to B in the spirit world by having ceremonies, memorials, feasts. You're helping the, the, the soul. Ochak. Ochak means soul in our language. You, help, you encourage, you support that, that being to get to, to where we have to go in, in, this, in this universe, galaxy. So we do that by having ceremonies. One of the main ingredients of keeping the fire going is heat and wood. Mm-hmm. That keeps, it, keep, keeps that momentum going. We also use uh, fire for uh, warmth, protection. So we have a lot of respect, water, minerals, and fire. A wisdom keeper are people that have very deep spiritual values. They have certain gifts for healing, prayers, ceremonies, lodges. Those are the wisdom keepers. Knowledge keepers like myself, we do ceremonies but very limited way. Our, our responsibilities are culture, language, ceremonies, and also for teachings to the younger people through our stories, our legends, our folklores, and our history, our traditions. Commerce keepers are, are those people given the responsibility to ensure and enforce the terms and conditions of our treaty. Those are commerce keepers. Language keepers are people that are given responsibility to maintain our language, that keep the fire going, keep our, keep our traditional language going. There's very few of us that do speak our language that well, but we must train younger people must, it's a must. We don't have no choice if we're going to survive as a nation to maintain that, 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 that language. So those are, language keepers are the people that are responsible for the, for the, uh, for the language. Of course, we've got water keepers, and I'm sure you had a, 
story not already our, our women are responsible for uh, for uh, water sustain life give life to our, our nation and men are responsible for fire keepers mm -hmm. keep the fire going just remind our people about our ways how fire is so sacred in our lives miigwech Elder Daniels, Ernie Daniels, for sharing with us. Now, as you can see, fire is what connects us from coast to coast, from around the world. We can experience new ways of healing from one another, share stories of our histories. We can learn. We can grow together. Ishkere is not only a symbol or something that we need to eat and to live. It is sacred. It is very sacred, it is healing, it is powerful, and it plays an extremely vital role in each and every one of our paths. So next time you're lighting a fire or smudging, really pray hard and really give thanks to just that, that matchstick that's lighting your, your smudge or your cleanse because it holds a lot of power in it. You've reached the end of episode 6 Ishkure on the Akiwan podcast. I'd like to thank Elder Ernie Daniels for joining me. I'd like to thank UMFM for hosting our podcast and to you for listening. If you have any questions or would like to be a part of the podcast, please email me at akiwan at umfm.com. 